0: Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 68 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners. And to you, the listener, you make this ministry possible. And I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person. In every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to biblically respond to conspiracy theories. Now, wait, wait just a minute. Don't turn the episode off yet. This episode is not an attempt to discredit or demean anyone, nor is this episode an attempt to debunk any specific so called conspiracy theory. Outside of Scripture, I'm not here to tell you how to think or what you should believe. With so many conspiracy theories spreading throughout our world, my desire is to help equip you so you can respond in a biblically and balanced manner. Thankfully, Scripture provides clear instructions as to how we should respond to conspiracies when we hear them. For over 20 years, I have spent many a late night commutes listening to the likes of Art Bell, George Norrie, Coast to Coast AM, Dreamland, and Midnight in the Desert. Needless to say, if you're familiar with either of those hosts or any of those radio programs, then you know I'm very familiar with many conspiracy theories. While many of these theories make entertaining listening, we must be careful to keep them in proper perspective. A conspiracy is a theory that attempts to explain an event or a set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by powerful conspirators. It's a belief that some secret but influential group, a people, or organization is responsible for carrying out an event with the goal of controlling the global population. If you're from the States, when you hear conspiracy theory, your mind probably immediately thinks of the assassination of JFK, the moon landing, contrails, or corrupting DNA. Conspiracy theories are created when events happen that are unusual or scary. This leads people to fill in the gaps, many times with incomplete or incorrect information. Once these theories are embraced with the way our brain works, it can become difficult to convince people otherwise, even when providing them accurate information by trusted sources. We naturally seek out information to confirm our views, while many times neglecting information that disproves it. So who believes in conspiracy theories? Is it just one group of people that believe a certain way? Well, according to a Gallup poll, research has shown that people from all walks of life believe in conspiracy theories to some degree. Gallup's research revealed that both religious and non-religious people believe in conspiracy theories. Both politically liberal and conservative believe in conspiracy theories. Belief in these conspiracies is not limited to a single subset of people. Interesting though, percentages are much higher among those that have religious backgrounds. So why do people believe in these theories? Because we naturally try to make sense of our world. When complex things happen that we don't understand, we search out answers that fit our worldview. It's the way our brain tries to control outcomes and make sense of things happening around us. Conspiracy theories are captivating because they provide explanations for confusing, complex, and emotional events, especially when the official explanation doesn't fit what we want to believe. Conspiracy theories provide quote-unquote structured narratives for events that agree with a person's confirmed biases. And we all have confirmed biases. These biases are called confirmation bias. It's our human tendency to interpret evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs. Because of confirmation bias, it's common for people to seek out narratives that make sense to them Based on their prior beliefs, a person's prior beliefs, education, and experience anchor the way they evaluate information. These biases affect our perception of every issue in our lives. And it's important to note the desire to gather accurate information is in constant tension with the desire to arrive at a conclusion that confirms our pre-existing beliefs. We are more likely to seek out information that is consistent with our pre-existing beliefs while simultaneously avoiding information that challenges our beliefs. For example, we will send someone a video that we are convinced that if they just watch this video, they will understand our position and they'll believe it. We fully expect them to watch it and be converted. However, if that same person were to send us a video that they were convinced would change us, we would rarely watch the video. We seek out information that confirms our bias, while neglecting information that would show us that what we have believed may not be completely accurate. It's important to remember that conspiracy theories Are not new. Most conspiracy theories going around today are modernized takes on conspiracies that have been around for years. For example, in the United States, the time frame between 1929 and 1939 is known as the Great Depression. It was a time marked by the failure of some 9,000 banks losing some $7 billion in depositors' assets. That's almost $107 billion at the time of this recording. During the Great Depression, deposits were not insured, meaning life savings of millions of Americans were completely lost. When this happened and all things were lost and it involved the economy, this led people, even in religious circles to believe and spread conspiracies of an unnamed secret global group attempting to reset the global economies so they could set up a one-world government. That was almost a 100 years ago. Does that sound familiar? Does that conspiracy sound familiar today? Well, of course it does because the same conspiracy is going around now. It's just been modernized. Studies have shown that with the arrival of the internet, chat rooms, and social media platforms, conspiracy theories have grown exponentially. What were once considered beliefs shared on fringe websites are now being shared millions of times across social media. Thousands have latched on to this latest reimagining of an old conspiracy theory updated for our time, proving once again Solomon was right. Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 9 says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun." Again, none of these conspiracies are new. They just have a new generation of believers. We've got to be careful not to fall into the algorithm trap. The truth about algorithms is they're not new. Remember years ago when the grocery store started giving away loyalty cards and some of them were small and you could put them on your keychain. When you would buy something, you would swipe your card and that was a part of an algorithm. Today, you can walk in grocery stores and no longer have to swipe your card. In the States, you can just put your phone number in, and it's connected to your name, connected to your email. This is an algorithm. The grocery stores use this to be able to determine what coupons or ads to send you. Should you go in and buy diapers, it would tell the algorithm, send them a coupon for formula. Or if you bought formula, it would send you a coupon for diapers or any other product that would be related to having a baby because the algorithm would show that you have purchased a product related to a particular thing. This is how algorithms work. What started in a grocery store is now moved into social media. When we go on social media of any type, any platform, our habits, our posts, our shares, our likes are all part of an algorithm. So we must be very careful to understand the first priority of what we see on any social media platform isn't truth or fiction, it's engagement. When we see a post we like, we engage. Social media and video companies alike use these algorithms to measure the kind of content you interact with so that they can show you more of the same. That is why it is not good to do all of your research on social media. All you will see are the things that you already agree with. And in order to do real research, we must take an honest look at all sides of a topic to better understand it and make an educated opinion on that matter. Social media does not give that to us. It shows us things that we are used to liking because it is not about truth or fiction, truth or lies. It's about engagement. They are there to keep you connected. If your social media platform of choice were to only show you things that you disagreed with, you would spend much less time there, and that would make them less money. We must be careful that we make right decisions with proper understanding. We must do real research. The problem with so-called research is research is investigation or experimentation aimed at discovering facts. True research by definition examines all sides of a topic equally. Once all sides are equally and honestly examined, The researcher accepts the results and revises their view in light of facts, regardless of pre-existing biases. Research involves the collection, organization, and analysis of evidence to increase understanding of a topic characterized by a particular attentiveness to controlling personal bias. Research isn't one-sided. It's taking an honest look at both sides and accepting the results even when they are not our desired outcome. We all naturally seek out points of view that prop up our point of view. We rarely read, listen, or watch things that debunk our views. It's also common for us to hold our views to a lower burden of proof than the views we disagree with. This is how conspiracies work. We convince ourselves that things are a certain way because it's the way we want them to be. And it's the way that we see them. I've seen people believe the word of a random person who had zero background, education, or experience in a subject while refusing to listen to a person who is highly educated and had many years of experience in that same particular matter because one fit their desired outcome better. So how does the word of God teach us to respond to these conspiracy theories? Well, there are several points in scripture that we can learn. Isaiah chapter number 8, verses 11 through 12 in the King James says, For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy. To all them whom this people shall say, A confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. The King James uses the word confederacy, which means conspiracies. I like how other translations open this text up for us. Let's go back and read Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11 and 12 in the English Standard Version. For the Lord spoke thus to me, with his strong hand upon me, and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy. "...all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. Those who follow the Lord are not to get caught up in the prevailing conspiracies of their age." God instructed Isaiah to not walk in the ways of people who promote conspiracy theories. Don't get involved with them. Don't get caught up in their conspiracies. Paul, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, reminds us that all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction. Isaiah's message is just as valid today as it was 2,700 years ago when he wrote it. As Christians, we should should avoid getting caught up in conspiracy theories. In the apostle Paul's day, superstition, myths, conspiracies and gossip were rampant. And Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 in the King James text, "But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness." In the English Standard Version, it says it this way, have nothing to do with silly myths, rather train yourselves for godliness. The New English Translation says it this way, but reject those myths that fit only for the gullible and train yourselves for godliness. Paul told Timothy to avoid believing and spreading unreliable hearsay, When it comes to superstitions, myths, conspiracies, gossip, and heresy, our world is much the same as the Apostle Paul's. We should heed Paul's instructions and avoid getting caught up in and spreading conspiracy theories. The devil uses these things to distract the people of God from our true purpose. If we are not careful, we can unknowingly, even innocently, spread misinformation. Conspiracy theories are rooted in fear. I'm not saying that we should bury our heads in the sand and pretend all is well. Sure, there's plenty of evil in our world, but hear me, God is in control of all things. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 tells us Jesus is is upholding all things by the word of his power. Nothing will stop God's ultimate plan from coming to pass. Let me say that again for you, listener. Nothing is going to stop God's plan from coming to pass. There's not a world leader powerful enough. There's not a secret group hidden in the shadows strong enough. There's not a government strong enough. There's nothing that can stop God from bringing his plan to pass. Believing such conspiracy theories is a direct denial of God's supremacy in all things. Conspiracy theories are rooted in the fear of losing a way of life. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The word fear in this text means to be timorous. Timorous is a nervousness that comes from a lack of confidence in God being in control. Paul was encouraging Timothy to be confident in God being in control of all things. It's important to understand the message behind this text. Paul wasn't telling Timothy to throw caution to the wind. He was telling him he could be confident in God having everything under control a secret shadow group of elite, are not in control. Nor should we waste time being concerned with such. God is in control. Not long ago, I had a man message me regarding a conspiracy. He frantically told me that the people of God needed to take up weapons and fight to prevent the one world government from taking over. This is not biblical thinking. This kind of thinking is the very reason the Jews missed their day of visitation. They wanted Messiah to come riding on a horse of war and overthrow the Roman rule. Instead, Jesus came entering in the city on a donkey, known at that time as the sign of a servant. Jesus didn't come to lead a nationalist revolt against Rome. He didn't come to save nations. He came to save people, including Romans. Jesus even went as far as to tell Pilate in John 18 and verse 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. That I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. We must be careful. The same thinking that caused the Jews to miss their day of visitation can cause the church to miss its day of revival. If we get focused on the wrong thing, distracted by the enemy, caught up in things that we can't fix, will cause us to miss our day of visitation. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. And as he sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Matthew 24, verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. Rumors in this text means hearsay. There are some things that just must come to pass. It's part of God's plan. We must protect our credibility. Our credibility is at stake. Conspiracy theories erode trust in long-standing institutions, including the church. They also erode trust in individuals, including ministry. It's a matter of congregant and community trust. Regardless of our political, medical, or religious opinions, as born again believers, we must first and foremost represent the kingdom of God. As Christians, we represent the one true living God. Maintaining our credibility is crucial to our testimony. As Christians, we have an incredible opportunity right now to show the love of Jesus to a polarized world. It's time to unite together in spreading the truth of God's word. We do not have to worry with holding the world together ourselves. That's God's job, and God is very good at his job. We should embrace the things of God and evangelize our world like never before. It's time to rise up in the Spirit and know that our time to have the greatest revival is now. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that the Lord would encourage you. Lord, we are living in uncertain times. There are so many views, so many opinions. It's easy to get caught up and distracted in all of these things. Lord, remind us that you are in control. You are a God that never sleeps. You are a God that never slumbers. And you are a God that is in complete control. Your plan cannot be stopped. Your plan will come to pass. God, help us not to be distracted and fighting the wrong battles. But God, help us rise up in the Spirit and take hold and embrace the revival of our day. And to those that may feel overwhelmed by the circumstances of our day, be encouraged. God is in control. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, G-I-L-L-I-A-M, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions.